0: Welcome to All Ears Senior Living Success, where we talk with industry leaders to make sure you find success in your community. My name is Matt Reiners and I'm the co-founder of Eversound, a company dedicated to improving quality of life for older adults by giving them the gift of hearing. Welcome back. Today I'm joined by my friend Chris Hines, Managing Director of Westport One, a recruiting firm that specializes in senior living leadership. I've gotten to know Chris on the conference circuit and also both being Bridge the Gap Ambassadors, where Chris has his own podcast. Uh, Chris, is one of, Chris is an A-plus human, uh, and it's been really awesome getting to know him, and he's one of the few people that I think are just going about things in the right way, and I'm just Super grateful to have him on here today with me. So thanks for joining me today, Chris. (laughs) Thanks so much, man. That's a really humbling introduction. Amazing. Well, Chris, I know one of the things that I wanted to jump into you with, that kind of showcases why you're an A plus human is this upcoming fundraiser and you're doing something pretty special that I think I can only dream of, probably more of a nightmare of, but can you tell us a little bit more about this? Absolutely. Uh, In less than two weeks now,
1: I'm going to put my body to the test and I'm going to run for 24 hours straight. I'm going to start at eight in the morning and go until eight in the morning the next day.
0: Wow. Um, So you're pretty much the senior living version of David Goggins, I feel like, (laughs) on this. Uh, Hopefully, with a little cleaner language. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Um, And so, you know, I know you're an endurance athlete. Have you ever ran for 24 hours straight before?
1: I actually have. Um, the entire impetus of this was created in 2020. Um, after ironically, you mentioned David Goggins, but after listening to uh, his book, can't hurt me and another, yeah, amazing book and another um, incredible endurance athlete, Colin O'Brady and his book the impossible first listening to these things. It caught me thinking of what could I do with my capabilities that gives me the chance to do more. Well, In 2020, I was having a walk with my wife, and I'm like, got a crazy idea. You know I run. She, of course, knows that. I'm like, what if I did something that cut through the clutter to raise money for the charities that I'm passionate about? And we came up with this idea of me doing a 24-hour run. This, of course, was put together pre-pandemic. It was supposed to happen in May of 2020 with, in my mind, great fanfare. COVID put a little bit of um, some stomps on that, but it didn't deter me from still doing it. We had to delay it until October of that year, but I actually was able to do a 24-hour run in October of 2020 and raised just over $20,000
0: for, for three charities. Amazing. Can you share anything about those three charities? I'm, I'm curious where your passions lie. Absolutely. Um, the charities are all
1: near and dear to my heart. Uh, the first one, one I believe would resonate with uh, your, with your audience um, right off the bat is dementia care, specifically the quality of life. I firmly believe that those that are living with dementia, and I always clarify that living with dementia, not affected by dementia. Cause I was I was corrected myself about that and it's such a important point. They aren't affected by it. They're living with it. But those that are living with dementia they have just a few fleeting moments of happiness every day. And their family members have just a few fleeting moments of happiness with their loved ones. So through music, it's one of the greatest ways to provide them that happiness, bringing them back to a time, a song, a genre, an artist, back of their days of when they remembered all of everything so wonderfully, and the flicker in their eyes of excitement and happiness. So that's one of the charities is focusing on the quality of life to dementia care. The second charity is Shriners Hospital for Children. Those children all across the world, the 22 hospitals that they have and the care that they provide to them with so many different afflictions, the the ability to be able to provide a little bit of support to them means a lot to me. And then the third is the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Uh, my wife has had Crohn's disease since 2003, and uh, there is a, a strong uh, push and a strong underbelly to uh, that there is a real um, opportunity to find a cure for Crohn's and colitis. So I want to do my part and try to help in fundraising for that cause. So those are the three charities that mean so much to me, and I'm willing to do something as crazy as running for 24
0: hours. I love it. And I can just I can feel the the love and the passion you have for them uh, coming off of you here, Chris. And so, you know, I know this running for 24 hours isn't your first fundraiser. You had mentioned you had raised already at one of your past ones, you know, over twenty thousand dollars, which is amazing. Um, Have you done any other crazy fundraisers in the past? Uh, Yeah, um, beyond that
1: little 24-hour run back in 2020, um, I've really found a passion for connecting my ability to run or a different way of putting it, my ability to suffer and my desire to help others. So uh, my very first race of any kind was in 2012, and that was actually a half marathon in Las Vegas to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation's endurance arm called Team Challenge. Uh, I thought that would be the first and only race that I would do. Well, that shifted a little bit. I've, I've done quite a few. I think I'm at 250 or 260. You start losing count when you do uh, those many races. But I've, I've taken my ability to run and my ability to help others with running that I've since done for other events for Team Challenge. I became a mentor and a coach with them, both for the St. Louis chapter as well as the national chapter. Uh, I was also honored for three years to be the president of the uh, MRI Networks uh, Charitable Foundation, the worldwide organization for them. And during that time, I helped shepherd the uh, the main focal charity from Shriner, from St. Jude Hospital to Shriners Hospital. And during my time on the board, it was amazing, and the fact that we were able to raise more than four hundred thousand dollars and donate it to those two charities was really, really humbling. But the reality, Matt, is I've been pretty much fundraising. It seems like for my entire life. Yeah. Uh, I had a nickname in high school in Hawaii, and it was that of the Candy Man, <laughs> not the candy drugs that you might think about. But I sold M and M's before school, after school, and practically every lunch break for all four years to fundraise for one event or another.
0: Wow. So, Chris, I'm, I'm so curious, or I guess I'll call you the candy man now. <laughs> um, like, where does this altruism come from? Like, what drives you to give back? Um, You know,
1: there are those that find joy in writing a check for one fundraising event or another. And trust me, every nonprofit needs those people. I need those people for my event, or I'm just going to be running for 24 hours for my happiness. So those those people, we, we absolutely need them. Others find joy by doing. I'm one that I find joy by doing so that I can give. It really just goes back to seeing people. And seeing those that are less fortunate that don't have the ability to do things, or even those that do have money that don't have the capability because of some ailment, I've always had that desire to do something for them. And I've Hmm. been fortunate to be able to come up with crazy, sometimes wacky, a little bit insane ideas uh, to push through that clutter to help others in a variety of ways.
0: I love it. That's awesome. You're such a good, good human. And so one one of the things I want you to share, like, how can we as listeners, uh, you know, help support you without actually running any of it in your upcoming 24
1: hour run? Well, first and foremost, please pass pass on some good thoughts in your mind to me, Uh, because I've joked with people that as long as you receive some communication from me on October 9th, when I'm supposed to be done with the run, then you know I survived. So good thoughts are first and foremost. Uh, but from a fundraising standpoint, I'll be posting on almost all my socials, including LinkedIn with uh, the link and leading up to the next um, almost two weeks, I'll be posting on a pretty regular basis. But let me share the shortened URL uh, for those that might have the desire just to go do it based upon this conversation. And it's yeah. simply bit.ly, so bi dot L-Y, Slash 24 for hope 24 F O R H O P E that will bring them to the GoFund Fund, Fund page. Every donation you make is a tax donation, tax deductible donation because all of the funds will be going through MRI Network Charitable ARM. Even though I'm not on the board, I still have wonderful connections with them. And I really felt it was important to have a way for all of these donations to be tax deductible. And normally with GoFundMe, you aren't able to uh, to do that. Another thing I'll ask of, of your audience, Matt, is I have the story behind my why for these three charities uh, directly on that GoFundMe page. I ask any of the listeners and viewers of this If uh, you find this uh, of interest or inspiring to you in some way, beyond just making a donation, share it with any of your connections. Maybe someone who has someone who is living with um, one of these elements, or if uh, someone you believe that would be inspired by this aspirational move, because maybe they'll be inspired enough to donate as well.
0: I love it. You're doing Such awesome work. And I I do have an ask of you, Chris, where if you could actually wear my Apple watch to track all those (laughs) steps just so I feel better about myself. That'd be awesome.
1: Hey, you know, if you're gonna if you're in a a, one of those Fitbit challenges for the weekend warrior for that, I can help you crush it that weekend. I, I do one with my friends and they probably won't put two and two together when we're doing that weekend
0: as to why I might beat them by a step or two. That's so fun. And like how I'm just curious, how far do you think you'll run in this over the course of the 24 hours? Uh, Well, I'll I'll take
1: it back to when I did the the first run in 2020. Leading up to that event, I had never run longer than 31 miles. And that was one training run about four weeks before the event, just to see myself on my feet for six hours. Because I've learned from some friends who have done wacky endurance things. And they gave me the best advice that you can't train your body to run for 24 hours. It's just not possible because you're going to become injured. Mm. What you do is you train your body to run when it's not normally running two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. So I prepare wanted to prepare my body for those things, but I went into that, uh, to that day, not really having an idea of how long I was going to be able to go, how many breaks I was going to be able to take. So when it, the day came, I started out on a very conservative pace, 12, 13 minute a mile pace, which is pretty conservative for me. I wanted to make sure I kept my legs fresh. And that lasted for roughly the first 12 hours. And I was frankly shocked. I was able to keep that type of pace for 12 hours. And mind you, that's with breaks included because the clock doesn't stop. The reality, Matt, is those that are living with dementia, those that are living with Crohn's or colitis, those that are uh, one of the children that are helped by Shriners, they live with their issues 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. The clock doesn't stop for them. So I couldn't have the clock stop for me just because I needed a break. So going into that time, first 12 hours, roughly 12, 13 minute pace. Legs started slowing down a little bit as the the evening hours uh, came. And then as I came into the last two to three hours, I was maybe going at a uh, a 20-minute-a-mile pace. The legs just weren't working like they were earlier in the day. Yeah, of course. Even with all of that, I still finished off running 87 miles. Wow. From 31 miles to 87 miles because of that desire in my mind.
0: Wow. That is powerful. And that, Hey, good for you, Chris. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just so amazed by you and your story. And not that I ever desire to run 24 hours straight, but uh, definitely inspires me to go run my, my two to three miles that I, I tend to do. Um, but one of the but other, the real-
1: Matt, the reality is, it, you know, your, your, your goal, your be your big, hairy, audacious goal doesn't have to be to run for 24 hours. That's my sure. story. For you, maybe it's something different. Maybe it's creating a foundation. Maybe it's being involved uh, with the Alzheimer's Association or with another incredible organization. For others, it might be swimming the Atlantic Ocean. Everyone has their own story. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is. We all have the capability to give back in some way beyond just writing a check. We all have that capability to inspire.
0: I love it. and. I know we can't end the interview there because Chris. One thing I want you are doing, you and Westport One are doing great things in the senior living industry, and I, I know we wanted to focus more on the fundraiser side. But you know, one of my favorite questions to ask our guests is, you know, if you could give senior living providers just any guidance as they're thinking about you know the the near to mid future, what would you say to them?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, you you teed it up in the intro in terms of what we do. But the the simplest thing is we help them identify, qualify and deliver the right community leadership and the right corporate leadership to not only help the organization's bottom line, but to also help the residents by having the right team on board. And we take that really to heart of finding the right team, not just a person, but the right person. The fact is, Matt, we are still at an incredibly hyper competitive talent war. And it's not gonna go away anytime soon For our industry. So the best thing that companies can do, the leaders within these organizations is get rid of the line. It's how we've always done it. You have to get creative in how you look for talent. You cannot just rely on a job posting on either your website or on Indeed or on LinkedIn. Now, you can if the role is not critical. If when you fill it, does it matter? But I don't know too many roles in a senior living community that doesn't matter when it gets filled. There's not too many expansion roles that are out there in our industry. They're out there because we need them on staff to help the residents. So that's the best advice I could give is get rid of the, that's how we've always done it. Be willing to get creative. Of course, if a, if a leader listening would like to uh, strategize on that, I'm here to, to be able to provide any guidance, and I'd love to have a conversation with them. Um, as you mentioned, we've been fortunate to be involved with uh, the Bridge the Gaps in Your Living podcast, and I've been fortunate for the last nine months now to um, do a monthly uh, podcast specifically on these types of things, uh, of, of opening up the the curtain of some of the best strategies for, uh, for recruiting. And it's not recruiting with a recruiter just like me. Sure, we're a part of it, but we're only one component. Not every role should be filled by a recruiter. Many roles can be filled through your own mechanisms, through a, an effective referral program. But when the time comes that all other me- measures don't work, that's where we can provide some value. And I've been ribbed by a couple in the recruiting industry of why the heck are you sharing our secrets? How dare you? We're holding this together, buddy. We have to help each other. We have to be able to provide the, the, the strategies that work for us. If we just have this mindset that if we share our best practices, we're giving up the goods, we aren't looking at this at the infinite game. We're only looking at the quick buck for now. I've been doing this for 25 years. I can't have that mindset and I never will. Mm
0: -hmm. i love it well chris you're the type of person that gives me hope not for just this industry but just like in human beings in general so you know thank you so much for for coming on and we'll put the link to your fundraiser in the comments below and uh hey i'm just so grateful that our paths have crossed and excited for where our relationship will continue to go
1: i really appreciate it matt you are one of the good guys too thank you so much for having me on
0: If you'd like to know when we post the next episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in how Eversound can help improve the quality of life in your community, find out more at EversoundHQ.com.